For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Vitus LaRue. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we cover the USG dining plan meeting, President Biden's pardon of citizens with federal marijuana convictions, the lack of progress on local options to legally purchase marijuana, and Europe's potential energy shortage this winter. It's Friday, October 7th. Daybreak head podcast editor Hope Perry sat down with Annie Rupertus to discuss the USG meeting on the future of upperclassmen dining at Princeton. Okay, Annie, can you go ahead and introduce yourself with your name, your class year, and what you do at the Prince? Sure, yeah. My name's Annie. I'm in the class of 2025, and I write for the news section of the Prince. Very happy to be back on Daybreak. Thanks so much for coming back. So yesterday there was a student assembly to discuss the dining pilot program and upper class dining, which we've been hearing a lot about, but can you sort of explain the specifics of the plan a little bit more? For a while now, the university administration has been considering possible changes to the upper class dining program here at Princeton. Um, What it seems like they've landed on, and which hasn't been officially announced yet, but we've reported on here at the Prince, is that administration wants to give juniors and seniors five extra dining swipes per week. Um, This would be regardless of which meal plan they're on. So people who are in eating clubs, people who have dining hall plans, independents, co-ops, anyone who goes here would get these five extra meals if they're a junior or senior. They would be able to use them at any dining hall, any eating club, any co-op, no matter whether they're affiliated with any of those. Their goal is to work towards more, they're calling it like fluidity in the upper class dining system to build community, make things more inclusive. The extra swipes would not be optional and it's looking like it might impose a $1,500 tuition hike. It's kind of unclear how exactly this would work for students who are on financial aid. Okay, so can you give me a little bit more of a sense of like what the reactions have been to this plan from student leaders? Yes, so I attended the student assembly where people had the chance to give feedback. And basically what I'm understanding is that co-op and eating club leaders are pretty worried about the logistics of the plan, especially uh, its implications for finances, for staffing, for space, like physical space. Co-ops especially seem to be confused about why they've been brought into this because of the way the co-op system works. It doesn't seem like it makes sense to be bringing in a lot more people when co-op members are the ones who have to cook all of the food for them and get groceries. Um, They also already have an open guest policy. That's another factor that doesn't quite add up. A lot of student leaders seem to be concerned about what they see as a lack of student initiative and input being taken into account by the university in formulating this plan. Um, And I heard from some people at the assembly that they value that the university is trying to tackle issues of exclusivity, especially on the street with the eating clubs and issues of social isolation that can be perpetuated by the dining systems here on campus. That said, I don't think anyone who spoke in the assembly, at least, is particularly thrilled with the way that the university is going about tackling those issues. So if people aren't excited about this plan that the university has proposed, is there any sort of alternative that's on the table right now? Yes. So very recently, an alternative plan was emailed out by a coalition of six students, including the president and vice president of the Interclub Council, the ICC, a president of a co-op, an RCA who's on a meal plan, and two members of USG. Um, The plan hasn't been officially endorsed by USG, but the president and U Council chair have been working on it. And this plan would expand the already existing two free meals allowance that the university gives upperclassmen, and it would be expanded to include late meal meal exchange with the eating clubs, which, as it stands right now, excludes independent students and co-op members. And then this new plan would also institute a new eating club open night program that would allow people to visit eating clubs in a more formalized way, but only on specific nights. The plan would also give dining points to upperclassmen. 
Um, and then it also included some more long-term suggestions, like asking the ICC to plan more inclusive programming that all upperclassmen could attend, like the truck fest that was held last year. It also suggests the ICC open a conversation about exclusionary aspects of the eating clubs in general, um, including opening up discussions about financial aid and possible expansions of that. Um, and it also suggests that USG consider opening more social spaces where everyone in the campus community will be able to interact. Um, one idea that's mentioned is a campus pub, which was around for a brief period of time in Chancellor Green. And the idea is to bring that back. Okay, so are there any avenues for students to provide feedback? Yes. All undergraduates should have gotten an email from USG entitled USG Dining Advocacy. And in that email, there is a link to a feedback form where you can submit your thoughts. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much for joining me, Annie. Thank you. Keep an eye out for more coverage of this next week in the Prince. The White House announced on Thursday that President Joe Biden is taking executive action to pardon people convicted of marijuana possession under federal law and D.C. statute. In his statement, Biden expressed a desire to, quote, relieve the collateral consequences arising from these convictions and to right these wrongs. He also reaffirmed his commitment to review the classification of marijuana as a Schedule I drug. On marijuana locally, the Princeton Town Council voted in May to disband the Cannabis Task Force and will no longer pursue the group's proposal to bring a dispensary to Princeton. Marijuana use is not unheard of among students. According to the Prince Class of 2026 Frosch survey, 22.5% of students have tried marijuana recreationally and 57.4% are either, quote, somewhat favorable or strongly favorable for the legalization of recreational marijuana use. Undergraduate student Nate Howard, Class of 25, told the Prince, quote, it is important to legalize marijuana, and in this case, to allow a dispensary, because the prohibition on marijuana does not stop people from getting it. In international news, the French government announced sweeping conservation measures yesterday in an attempt to lessen its dependence on Russian natural gas. Thermostats were turned down to 66 degrees Fahrenheit, and companies were encouraged to move employees to remote work several days a week so the office buildings could stay dark. Across the English Channel, the United Kingdom is also taking measures and preparing for energy shortages. The British National Grid has warned that households could see their power cut for up to three hours at a time during the winter. In the, quote, unlikely event that these power interruptions occur, it would likely occur during peak hours and customers would be warned a day prior to the shutdown of their power supply. The UK is heavily reliant on gas for power, accounting for more than 40% of the country's energy supply. Though Britain is less reliant on Russian gas than mainland Europe, the country is still expecting to feel its absence this winter. Tomorrow, the weather will be sunny, with a high of 76 degrees and a low of 45 degrees. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by me, Hope Perry, and sound engineered by Carrie Liang, and produced under the 146th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horn, Class of 22, and our show was started by Mark Dodesey, Class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Vitus LaRue. Have a fabulous Friday.